Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A good Thursday afternoon, and welcome into Grant and Danny. Danny's on vacation. Your boy is solo with you until 6.30 right here on The Fan. It's Thursday, December 29th, 2022, which means we are hatching a new week's worth of football. Week 17 tonight, the Cowboys at the Titans in Nashville. Dallas looking to get to 12-4. and four. Tennessee sitting at 7-8, and eight, inexplicably playing a game that doesn't matter at all for them one week before they're playing for a division title, possibly at 7-9. and nine. If you're wondering, how is that possible? Well, they and the Jaguars are currently tied for the top spot in the AFC South. Jacksonville plays the Texans in Houston this week. That's a 1 o'clock game on Sunday. If the Jags win that game, and they should and they likely will, they'll be 8-8, eight and eight, one game better than the Titans. But because Tennessee beat Jacksonville earlier in the season, a win over the Jags would even the records of those two teams, and the Titans would then have the head-to-head tiebreaker with two wins. So at 8-9, and nine, Tennessee would get in as a division champion and host a playoff game, and Jacksonville would be on the outside looking in. If so facto, Titans tonight, Don't need the game. And with a lot of injuries and plenty of other guys who are banged up that they'll probably sit or not play a whole lot to make sure they have their best chance to beat Jacksonville next week, they are turning their quarterback job over to Josh Dobbs. Remember, they drafted Malik Willis in the third round this year. A lot of people in this town wanted Malik Willis in Washington. There was even thoughts that the commander should draft him in the first round. They are benching Malik Willis, who has started three games and looked dreadful. For a guy who they added to their practice squad eight days ago, who's never started in the NFL, who's a journeyman backup in Josh Dobbs. Tells you everything you need to know about Malik Willis right now, doesn't it? In his three starts, these are his numbers. Six of ten for 55 yards. That was in a full game, by the way, not a drive. Five of 16 for 80 yards. And of those 80 yards, I think 50-some came on his screen on the first play, and then the rest of the game he had 30 yards. And then in his third and final game this past week, they lost to the Texans. Houston had won once all year. He was 14 of 23 for 99 yards with two interceptions. And so they have decided, because he can't throw the football, that they are going to go with Josh Dobbs against the Cowboys tonight. You can't get any value in Dallas on the money line, obviously but it might be worth hammering the Cowboys on that spread. I'm not sure that they'll play a more easily winnable game, the ultimate layup, than in Tennessee tonight against the makeshift Titans who are treating this now like a preseason game. But with that, welcome in. Grant and Danny on the fan. We will launch into a look at the Cleveland Browns today. Nick Wilson, who does what I do, he is the afternoon drive host on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland is going to join me coming up in 55 minutes at 3 o'clock. Nick's always really entertaining. A lot of fun to have him on the show. He's been in Charlotte. 
He has been in Cleveland. He's bounced around a couple different markets. Long time Ohio native and Browns fan, though, now doing radio in that market. So nobody knows the team better. So I'm looking forward to having him on the show at 3 o'clock today. Uh, Next hour, I want to talk to you guys about the reveal of the hog mascot this weekend. Figure out if you care or not. And eventually we'll predict Carson Wentz's line against the Browns this Sunday. But I want to begin by just taking inventory on this matchup for Washington against Cleveland. Because after 15 games and 16 weeks of breaking the commanders down with you guys and taking calls and getting your thoughts and your insights all the way back to the offseason and eventually training camp, this marathon campaign comes down to two games. Both very winnable. The first of them really a game there's no excuse not to win against Cleveland. Dallas could end up being a more arduous task. I don't think they'll have anything to play for, but that doesn't mean they're going to sit all their starters. They might just decide that they want to continue to play and create some momentum going into the playoffs. And if that's the case, you're going to have your hands full maybe with the Cowboys in Week 18. But first things first here, the Browns, who are just not very good. I mean, and it's it's not all about the fact that Jacoby Brissett was their starter for much of the season, and that after Jacoby Brissett, they turned their offense over to Deshaun Watson, who was suspended for 11 games. This has been a massive regression as an outfit for the Browns this year on the defensive side of the ball with their offensive line, which is banged up and not playing particularly well. They've got the best running back in the league, in my opinion, and Nick Chubb, and even he, over the last few games, has not quite been the same second half of this season. I still think the Browns are in a pretty good place looking ahead over the next couple of years. Remember, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, was a coach of the year who got them to the playoffs and turned them into a contender with Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago. And the bottom has kind of fallen out since. And they went and got Watson. And when they did that, I think, essentially punted on this season. For the betterment of what they believe is the organization's well-being in the future, with Watson, in their estimation, eventually returning to form as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, they decided that it was worth it to them to kick the can down the road a year. Hey, let's let Jacoby Brissett play. Let's see if we can play good defense and run the ball, stay around 500. And I think their plan was when Watson came back for the stretch run of the year, they'd be in playoff contention. He'll hit the ground sprinting, and we'll get into the postseason. That was kind of the dream for the Cleveland Browns front office. What actually happened was their defense wasn't even close enough to what they needed to be to keep them competitive, and Watson has been terrible. And I want to ask Nick Wilson about this when he joins me coming up at the top of the hour at 3, because the numbers are probably a little bit worse, I'd imagine, than how he's played. It's been really, really ugly for him. He's had one game where he looked statistically like he belonged against the Bengals. I thought he was pretty efficient against the Ravens, but they couldn't move the ball or score. And then the, the, the Saints game this past week for the Browns, I popped that on last night and watched it on Game Pass just to familiarize myself a little more with Cleveland. You might as well just burn that footage because the weather was so bad that I think it completely changed the algorithm for what they wanted to do, what they wanted to be. You look at the line, and he was 15 of 31 for 135 yards with a pick. A lot of wind, 
snowy conditions, slick field, receivers dropping passes, frigid temperatures. There just wasn't a lot going right for the Browns. But if I always view it this way when I'm talking about whether Washington's going to win or, or what kind of matchup they have. If you lined up all 32 teams in the NFL this weekend, from who you most wanted to play to who you least wanted to play, I think the Browns matchup is a top 10 matchup. We could debate as to whether or not it's top five. I mean, are there five teams in the NFL right now, this weekend, on Sunday, that you'd rather play than Cleveland? Maybe. But they're on the borderline. What else can you ask for? Handle some prosperity, win a football game, and make the playoffs. This shouldn't be that difficult of a task. Uh, The Browns are a top 10 offense in yards per play statistically. That is really misleading. They're actually number 20 in yards per play. Uh, They're number 10 in yards per game, I should say, at 355. But that's because they run a lot of plays because often they're behind in games. And so garbage time, second halves of games, they're out on the field moving the football, trying to get back into a game, and at the end of the game, they end up with a lot of yards. But the metric that I care about, yards per play, they're 20th out of 32 teams. They are the 13th most efficient running team in the league, and they're 20th throwing the football, and they've gotten worse since going to Deshaun Watson in that capacity. When they have the football, they want to be what Washington is. They are a worse version of the Commanders, but do things very similarly. They want to be a run-first team that stays ahead of the sticks and focuses on down and distance and takes some shots down the field. And as I mentioned, Chubb's exceptional. I say that he has not been quite the same lately. He does have over 90 yards in each of his last two games. But if you look at the several weeks before that, there were some duds in there where Their banged-up offensive line wasn't plowing holes for him the way that they normally do. But for the season, Nick Chubb has 1,340 yards and 4.9 yards per attempt. Both of those totals are among the best in the National Football League. He's going to end up this year with another 1,500-plus, 15-touchdown-plus season. I think if you make a short list of backs with guys like Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb is the anchor at the top of that list. And certainly this year with Jonathan Taylor, who won the rushing title last year, haven't taken a step back. You know, Chubb's kind of the unquestioned guy. But I will play teams like Cleveland every weekend if I'm the commanders. This is the type of team that Washington would design in a laboratory to beat. This is what we talked about for weeks and weeks on end, if you remember. When they were playing the Giants, who they didn't take advantage of, when they were playing before that for several weeks, Indianapolis, Houston, Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay. Those teams, and they beat just about all of the teams that I just mentioned, were at the time that they played the Commanders, challenged offensively and unable to throw the football the way that in this league you need to to win. And I think Cleveland has been that same way here very recently. Sign me up to stuff the run against the Browns, to not let Nick Chubb beat me, and to dare Deshaun Watson to do so. Is it possible that this is the week he knocks the rust off? Yeah, sure. That could happen. Is it 
likely that Watson goes out and lights it up? No, I don't think so. But the weather is going to be pretty nice for a December game. And after playing at home during the ice-cold takeover this winter of uh, frigid temperatures last weekend all over the NFL, it was, I think, one of the coldest dates of games in league history. The Browns offense and most offenses around the league are going to benefit from better weather this weekend for sure. But there's just not much about the Browns offense that I worry about. In fact, we were sitting here before the show, and and, and John, who's uh, helping us today, uh, he's on the production with Ryan in for Darius. Is there anything the Browns do that really worry you other than Chubb? But no. I mean, Amari Cooper's good. Amari Cooper shouldn't beat me. I pay Kendall Fuller too much. Benjamin St. Juice, who, by the way, mispracticed again today, has been playing too well. Amari Cooper is not going to beat me. He could put up numbers. He could go six for 100 or something like that. But he's not Justin Jefferson. He's not Tyreek Hill. He's not a game wrecker. He's a decent possession-wide receiver who has some big games. In fact, we've seen him come into FedEx Field and get blanked before in the prime of his career with the Raiders by Josh Norman. He can be had. The bigger question to me is this commander's offense against the Browns' defense, right? Because I like their chances to put forth a great effort when the Browns are on the field. I think Sweat, Allen, Payne, and now Young, who is back and looked really good and played 30 snaps, which means he should be able to play upwards of 40, maybe 45 snaps this weekend incrementally if you give him a little bit more work. Why can't Chase Young go out and get you a couple TFLs and a sack and make a big play? Based on what you saw from Chase Young this past week, give me one reason why he couldn't make a game-wrecking play. He looked like Chase Young. He didn't look like a guy coming back from a lengthy injury. And I think it's largely because he's been ready to play for weeks and they just haven't been able to, to get him to go back on the field. But who cares how we got here? He was good. So let's get a play out of him. Montez Sweat, Allen, Payne, they played like pro bowlers all year. They're going to win at the line of scrimmage against this Browns line, which on the right side has two guys that are playing it well under 100% if they play this weekend. Advantage Washington defense. What do I get out of this offense with Carson Wentz? The Browns have one of the more successful secondaries in football in expected points added, which is kind of a nerd stat, but it was a good metric for efficiency. They do a good job in their secondary. If you look at their secondary, by the way, the Browns have invested assets over and over and over again. Denzel Ward, a top five pick in the draft, first rounder at left corner. They've got um, Martin Emerson, a third round pick, playing on the right side. Greg Newsom out of Georgia, a second round, excuse me, a first round pick, a second year player in the nickel. They've got John Johnson at safety, who they acquired from the Rams and paid a bunch of money. Grant Delpit, who's got a great name, went to LSU, second-round pick. Baller at safety. Like Every single one of the players in that secondary were taken in the first couple of rounds or was a high-priced acquisition in the offseason. They kind of went the opposite of what Washington's done. The commanders have said, we're spending on our D-line. That's how we're going to go about it. The Browns have spent on their secondary to make plays. So Carson Wentz is going to have to be careful with the football, because they got some ball hawks. They can turn you over. They're just outside of the top 10 this year in you know a couple of important categories defensively. The one really surprising thing for the Browns, though, 
is that they don't get to the quarterback as much as you'd think for a team led by Miles Garrett, who seems like a one-man wrecking crew. They're 22nd in a 32-team league, getting a sack just about 6% of the time. They're the number 20-ranked defense. They're the 26th-ranked team against the run. They're 15th against the pass. Here's your game plan. Run the football. Brian Robinson, and if Antonio Gibson is too banged up to go, take a seat, young man. Jonathan Williams, you're up. I think Robinson and Williams need to and should combine for close to 30 carries in this game. Because philosophically, as much as I like to throw the ball, this is about being efficient and doing what works. The Browns have shown they have no ability to stop the run if you wear them down physically. And to me, that's where they can be had on defense. So that's my plan. We have wondered all year long, haven't we? What would this offense look like if you plug in Carson Wentz, allow him as a better passer than Heineke to make some of the throws Taylor can't make, but you did everything else the same? You ran the ball consistently and and as a run-dominant operation. You stayed in manageable distances on second and five, six, seven, Third and two, three, four. Ball comes out fast, and when you're throwing downfield, it's based on a boot or some type of play action, the deep seven-step drop where you got linebackers playing the run and trying to fit at the line of scrimmage so nobody's coming free and hitting Wentz. What might that look like? I think this game sets up for you guys and for me to get to see that because I really do believe Washington's going to have a lot of success running the ball. I feel good about the game. I'm not overly concerned about the Browns. I'm really not. I think it'll be close because Washington's just not that good and because Cleveland is not terrible. I would say they're below average. But this feels to me like a 24-17 game. 27-20. to 23-16. Something like that. But what I want to ask you guys is what worries you about the Browns? And I had a hard time putting a a list of things together. I I wrote a few things down I'll give you next. But I think if Washington doesn't beat themselves, they're on to Dallas with a chance to clinch a playoff spot if they haven't already clinched it with some help this weekend. And I want to take your temperature on that. Let's open up the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines at 800-636-1067 next. That's 800-636-1067. What? concerns you, if anything, about Cleveland? And what is your level of worry about this game on a 1-10 to 10 scale? I'm going to answer those questions next. I'm going to take your calls on Grant and Danny without Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Carson Wentz is a, is a player that we, I've competed against, we've competed against. We know how talented he is. He's really big, great arm strength, can make a ton of plays off schedule. Coming off the injury, I, I think he's he looks healthy, he looks fresh. So he did a, a lot of nice things. And then you just look at, at their, you know, that wide receiving core is explosive. Um, so he's surrounded by some really good players, good tight end, big, powerful, physical running back. So it's a tough, it's a tough task, uh, and he's a good player. Head coach Kevin Stefanski, leader of the Cleveland Browns, talking Carson Wentz as he gets ready to bring his team to FedEx Field this Sunday. Welcome back. Grant and Danny without Danny today on the fan. Appreciate you guys making this show part of your day. 245, I want to get into the weirdness that has been the last 24 hours in Vegas with this Derek Carr story. The Raiders, during our show yesterday, announcing that they were benching him. That wasn't shocking because it had been forecasted that they were moving on from him in the offseason. And if you're going to do that, you might as well make sure he doesn't get hurt and cash out on additional money, possibly. But you don't see guys get benched and then basically told or asked to leave the team to avoid distraction, which at least based on the reporting is how this has gone down, because everyone's saying Carr has agreed to leave the team, which is very different than Carr has asked to leave the team. So I got some questions and some thoughts on what's going on in Vegas. Carr obviously going to be one of the headliners in the quarterback market based on his production over the last several years. Far exceeds that of anything we've had here in Washington. Could he possibly be an answer for next year or beyond here in the nation's capital at quarterback? Something we can get into a little bit later on today on Grant and Danny. But the question for you guys right now on the MGM National Harbor listener lines what concerns you about this Browns game? And on a 1-10 to 10 scale, what is your level of worry? I'll answer that one first. I would say I am a 
three and a half, maybe a four in terms of worry. I think Washington wins. I, I, I'm, this is a good time to catch the Browns. I'm perfectly happy with the matchup. If I have to win the game this weekend, let me be at home and let me be playing a team like Cleveland. Sign me up. Now let's strap on the pads and go to work. In terms of what concerns me, their best player and their best way forward is running the football with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's not going to do enough to win them the game against this defense. Even if he runs for 130 yards, it's going to take 30 carries to do it. That's a lot of time, and that's probably not that many points. So I I guess if I had to say what would concern me, it would be Washington's propensity to turn the ball over in these big games here recently. Against the Giants, a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And against San Francisco, twice in their own territory, including a real short field, Heineke turned the ball over before he got benched. Maybe that's a Miles Garrett game-wrecking sack fumble. You know, maybe that's a pick from Wentz on a play where he doesn't see a linebacker dropping or something. That would be my big concern, is that Washington turns the ball over a couple times, like they did this past week in the second half when that game was close. But it's not really about the Browns. It's more about the Commanders for me. Let's go to the phones. Alex is in Ashton Hill. What's going on, Alex? Nothing much. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of have similar worries. Uh, you know, they got some some weapons. They got Amari Cooper. I'm worried about a Deshaun Watson resurgence game. You know, they got a, a strong run game. I'm just more not overly confident in us. I mean, on paper, yeah, we look good. We have the weapons. We know we have the four first-rounders up front. But we thought we were better than the Giants, and look what happened there. You know, I'm not confident in, in any game. Um, and I'm not happy that we're backing into the playoffs, barely, if we even do that. Uh, I'd say overall worry level, it's a toss-up game, five or six. Appreciate you, buddy. So the breakout for Watson is possible, but unlikely. And I say that because... He looks miles and miles away from what he was before his year and a half away from football. It's not all coming back at once. Like, this is going to be really an incremental step forward. And it's probably inevitably going to happen against a bad defense. This is not that. Uh, I'll be curious to see as the week goes forward here, Benjamin St. Juice practice updates and whether or not he's going to be not only playing but healthy. My guess is you're getting a little bit more maintenance for him and and allowing him to get fully healthy. When I was on the beat for those four years, guys who were hurt would constantly not practice at the end of the season and still play on Sunday because you you know what they are, right? You, You don't necessarily need to be out on the practice field as much as you would like to be. And the key is going to be just making sure St. Juice can go. So I'm not necessarily worried about him not practicing today, but if he can't do anything Tomorrow, if he's not involved in a walkthrough on Saturday, now you start to have my anxiety raised a little bit. But it sounded like he came out of the game fine, so my guess is he'll be okay. Amari Cooper, good player. Not a great player. He's gone for 100 yards three times this year, and two of those games were in September. I think he's gone for 113 back in middle of November against the Bills, and since then... 94 against the Bucks, 40 against the Texans, 42 against the Bengals, 58 against the Ravens, and 6 for 72 against the Saints was the high-water mark with Watson. He's a 1,000-yard receiver. 
got 73 catches. He is the guy to, to key in on when they're throwing the football. But I don't think he is a scary weapon. That, that guy's not lethal. I want to check in with our producer, Ryan Clary, get you a little weather update here for this weekend. And I need a weather update, Ryan, because I do think if it's warm, if it's nice at FedEx Field, as you were expecting that it would be, for December anyway, that that would help not only the Browns, but obviously Carson Wentz and the Commanders throw the ball a little bit. Yes, and Grant, I have a tremendous update on the weather. Well, you predicted last time we talked to you mm-hmm. a 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. rainstorm yep. that would be incessant and ruined tailgating. Is that still the case? It is not. In fact, it is looking like a beautiful start to 2023 as right now we're sitting at about a high of 58 degrees around 230, 58 degrees. There's no partly cloudy. There is a big chance, a 99% chance. It's going to be almost 60 degrees. It's almost going to be 60 degrees to kick off 2023. There will be no rain in my forecast as of right now. It will be partly cloudy, but in the morning it will be a little chilly. A little wind gust will make you a little colder than it actually feels like. But then again, 60-degree weather, football, playoff type of football. Stars are aligning for Carson Wentz to make a couple big plays down the field. Get the uh, band struck up with Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin, maybe. I'm sticking to my game plan. I don't care if it's 79 degrees. It's a lot of Brian Robinson because the Browns will not be able to stop it. Let's go to Keith in Maryland on G&D. Hey, Keith. Hey, what's up? Uh, the only person that me, can you hear me? Yeah, you're on the radio. Oh, okay. The only person that concerned me is a tight end. That, big, that guy is huge. And the way Kittle killed us last week, if they ain't watching that film, I don't know what the Browns doing, but I'm not confident. My confidence level with this team is an eight because they always blow it up at FedEx because I can't keep calling that a home game. That's a neutral field because we never win. We got more losses in that building than we, than we got wins. So I'm hoping for uh, Deshaun Watson give us a couple gifts. But my, my concern, I'm going to be watching. I'm not going to even watch that game because every time I watch that game, there's always sort of why and always – some critical happens. That's not that fun. If you're a fan of a team and you can't watch the game, uh, he is right about the home record this year and historically probably too. But the commanders are actually better on the road than they are at home. They're three and four at FedEx Field this season. I would make the case that they haven't played Cleveland yet, and that should help them get to 500 at four and four for the moment before they play the Cowboys in the final week of the year. But yeah, they're sub 500. And there's no doubt when they play at FedEx Field, and we've seen this all year long. It's a 50-50 turnout with the opposing fans a lot of the time. And they play enough games where there are fewer Commanders fans there than there are opponents. I thought the Giants game at night, the energy from the Commanders fans that were there was fantastic. They did everything that they were asked of. Show up, be loud, tailgate extra, you know, get nice and, and liquored up and get into the game. They, they did all that stuff. And then the team had three points at halftime. So at some point, the crowd is what it is. Like you got to make a play or two. There's the crowd is not the reason why you do or don't pick up a third and three. It might help you more so defensively. I would say it can help you with some energy. But really, offensively speaking, being at home playing in front of your own crowd shouldn't be that much of a factor. You're spending most of your time telling them to quiet down anyway. 
Let's go to Patrick in Spotsylvania. Hey, Patrick. Hey, uh, Grant. Uh, way to hold down the fort today, by the way. I just wanted to say that. Appreciate you. Um, really quick, um, you know, Amari Cooper, if there is like a quarterback comp to Amari Cooper, how well he plays against us, it would be like da- how Daniel Jones plays against us. Um, I know Amari hasn't maybe done a whole lot this season, but I feel like he always just burns us and just scores like two touchdowns, 150 yards or something crazy. So he's actually scaring me. Nick Chubb's no joke. Um, Peoples-Jones is good, too. So I don't know. I mean, our defense did okay last week, but, I mean, Kittle tore us up. I'm just not super confident that we're going to just snuff their offense. And then offensively on our side, uh, let's see if Wentz can do it. You know, I'm not super confident, but, you know, maybe he won't turn the ball over. Maybe he won't get destroyed by Miles Garrett. But I I give us overall a seven for a confidence level. But I just think Amari Cooper is going to have a great game like he always does against us. Yeah, he has had some big games against Washington. I do remember, though, when he and Crabtree were the starters for the Raiders with the aforementioned Derek Carr coming to FedEx for a Sunday night game. And I think those two guys combined for like two for 13. And one of them, it might have been Cooper, didn't have a single catch. Josh Norman and maybe David Amerson or or somebody shut them down. Um, But, yeah, you're right. He has had some huge games against Washington. And Joku, by the way, is a great athlete. I mean, he looks the part. That guy looks like he was designed in a laboratory to be a a really good tight end. It's just never put it all together. But he's fine. He's got 50 catches and 500 yards this year. This past week against the Saints in a a bad weather game, he had two catches for 14 yards. Week before that against the Ravens, three for 28. But uh, he was really, really good against the Bengals three weeks ago. He had seven grabs for them. And you're right. You watch that Kittle film. You try to design some of those same looks in the middle of the field. Maybe he could be a factor for the Browns. But this defense needs to tighten up. The, the way that the Commanders got to the sixth spot at one point in time in the playoff picture, and the reason right now they're in, if the season ends and they're the seventh seed, is because their defense took over and just dominated and won them a bunch of games. And they've been leakier the last couple weeks. At a 96-yard touchdown they gave up to the Giants, and then a 99-yard touchdown drive they gave up to the 49ers. And you just can't have that. No, Danny, I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. I do want to get into what's going on in Vegas with Derek Carr because that could end up being really relevant in a lot of markets where quarterbacks are needed like, uh, I don't know, this one. You're listening to The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So let's go back to a couple of weeks ago when there started to be rumblings in the national media that they might move on from him this offseason. Based on his contract, there is an off-ramp and a get-out-of-jail-free card on the Derek Carr deal that they re-upped with him on two off-seasons ago. Remember, this is a new coaching staff and a reworked new front office now than the group that paid him and kept him around. And so... He was set to make a base salary of about $17 million this year. His cap hit was only $19.3 million, which, frankly, is a complete bargain for the type of quarterback he's been throughout his entire career. There is some dead cap money at about $5.5 million for them to release Derek Carr before this coming season. The catch is, if they didn't, they would be on the hook for the final three years of his deal, and his cap numbers would massively leap up. 34.8 this coming year, 43.8 in 2024, and 43.1 in 2025, the final year of his contract. Based on, A, just those numbers, and B, how he played, it became pretty clear and obvious that they were not going to retain him at that rate and keep him around as their starter. And so with that in mind, the story as of a couple of weeks ago was that he might actually be benched. Because if you're not going to have him this offseason kept, retained, under contract, then you're not going to risk having him get injured and maybe being able to cash in on some of that future money. So when they announced that they were benching him yesterday, it was a little bit surprising because it's now official that after his run there, which was nine seasons, they're moving on from him. But what was really stunning was that last night the report came out that they have essentially asked him to not be around the team for the final couple of weeks so that he's not a distraction. And I originally thought, well, maybe Derek Carr asked them, hey, I don't want to distract the guys. I don't want to be the center of attention. What if I wasn't around? 
But the way everyone's reporting this is that he has agreed to not be around, meaning it was the Raiders' idea. Really, really strange, this whole situation. And I guess my thesis, my big picture point here is, why does Josh McDaniels-led operations always end in this kind of unexplainably strange stuff? He took a Colts job and backed out, and there were already coordinators hired. Matt Eberflus, remember, had to stay on as the D.C. Now he ended up having a good run there and is now the head coach of the Bears, so it worked out for him. But McDaniels keeps getting chances, and it just seems like this kind of embarrassing, mishandling nonsense follows him. It happened in Denver. It happened for the few hours he was the coach of the Colts. And now it's happening in Vegas where there's just this strange thing that doesn't really happen anywhere else. Why can't you bench a guy and it's just functional? It seems like McDaniels-led teams are often dysfunctional. But he's got that Bill Belichick, Tom Brady cologne, and he keeps getting gigs. But Derek Carr hitting the market for a guy that has thrown as many as 32 touchdowns in a season that has routinely been in that 25-touchdown, 10-interception range. Teams are going to want him to be their starter. In this league where you know, and I know, what it looks like when you don't have a franchise QB, year in and year out, Washington going through two and three quarterbacks that don't combine to put up those car-like totals, he's going to be sought after by four or five teams. And he's going to get paid if he gets cut. Question is... There's three days after the Super Bowl for the Raiders to decide this. Will they be able to trade him before they release him in those 72 hours? But the end of the road is here for Derek Carr. And let's preview the Commanders and the Browns with Nick Wilson, who does Afternoon Drive Radio in Cleveland next on G&D on the fan, coming up at 345, our double play. And at 4 o'clock, we're blitzing today right here on Grant and Danny. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.